Welcome to The Thing About Health Coaching, the podcast from Your Coach Health, where we discuss advancements in health and wellness coaching, trends to watch, and the growing body of research. This episode was generated from conversations that occurred at our Global Health and Wellbeing Coaching Symposium in November of 22, with a focus on demystifying health coaching and digital health, healthcare, and beyond. Please note that the industry is rapidly changing, so some of the information discussed may be already outdated. For the latest news in health coaching, be sure to follow along with us and check out our latest health coaching report at yourcoach.health. Welcome back, everyone, to another super informative session, Slippery Scope, Protecting the Scope of Practice, and our third global health and well-being coaching symposium. If you've been to our other sessions today, we've already met, but if not, welcome. My name is Ashley Honeycutt, and I am the Director of Health Coaching Operations here at Your Coach Health, as well as a nationally board-certified health and wellness coach myself. We're so excited to have you here and to be joined by Dr. Ricky Bird, the Head Health Coach at the Institute of Transformational Nutrition. Ricky, welcome. I am so happy to be here and talk about this topic that is kind of in the back of all of our minds as we are working with our clients and, and wanting to support them the best that we can, but also wanting to make sure we stay in our lanes. Yeah, it is such an important topic and we've got so much to cover today, which for our audience members, if you have questions for this session, please feel free to drop them in the Q&A box. If we can't get to them today in our session, we will be answering those questions post-symposium in our blog as well. So I'm ready to dive in. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right, let's do it. First question. Let's just start at the very beginning. What is the scope of practice and where does it come from? Well, the scope of practice is, like I said, staying in your lane, which for health coaches is providing that empowering that client to really believe in themselves and, and understand that they are the experts on their lives. So we don't diagnose, we don't prescribe, um, we don't provide psychological uh, therapy or any of those things. We will provide some guidance. We will really motivate. That, that's going to be, to me, the core of what we, we can do as health coaches. And when I'm thinking about why there is a, a scope in my sessions, I think about the fact that I am not designed to be in this client's life forever. I'm designed to really work with them, help them to really feel confident about themselves and, and their ability to make the changes that they want. And so to do that, we want to help them gain those skills and be able to do these things themselves going forward. So that's why we don't do a lot of those other things that are outside of our scope. And you can find out the scope and always refer to it by looking at the MBHWC website, yes. Scope of Practice, which is sometimes I even go look. And I've been coaching over 20 yeah. years and I'm like, hey, am I, am I still staying in my lane here? So it's, it's always a nice refresher. Yeah, I love that. MBHWC is a great place to look. And that client self-efficacy piece, huge, right? I love that you brought that in. Now, we, we touched on MBHWC. Where else can we look for advice or guidelines for scope of practice? Are there other places we can check? Well, that's the main place that I go, to be honest with you. Yeah. But you can also check within wherever you got your training. I promise you it was in the curriculum if it's been approved by MBHWC. 
you, and then there are so many blogs and so, so many yeah. people that have, uh, that have written articles on what's within the the scope of practice for health coaches with health coaching becoming so much more uh, well-known and and there are so many options, you can always find that information. The other place that I always uh, encourage people to check is with any kind of legal professional. When you really get down to to really being concerned and you want to make sure you're you're within your scope, there are many attorneys and legal professionals that can really guide you on definitely what not to do because you don't want to get yourself in potential (laughs) legal trouble. And and more importantly, even than that, is we don't want to do any harm to our clients. And so we come in to really support them and help them. And if we are working outside of our scope, then we really can potentially do our clients some harm. We can miss something. We can misinterpret something. Mm-hmm. So those are the things I try to remember. Yeah, absolutely. We actually have a great symposium session around that legal Ooh. stuff as well to kind of chat about it. But knowing all of, I mean, we won't be an expert in all of those laws, right? So leaning right. on those experts in that space is so important. So I love looping them in. And part of that too is recognizing, I think on, on my end, one thing, I try to do is know those state laws, not only for where I'm at, but where my clients are at, because in this digital space, we're not always coaching clients within the same state as we are. And we know it can vary wildly depending on where we're at. Absolutely. Very, very good point. Yeah. Well, also that brings us into, we've got a lot of coaches just kind of starting out in their own space, you know, becoming, we've coined the term health coachpreneurs, which are coaches that are going out and starting their own practice. And as they're doing that, can you recommend anything for new coaches starting out when it comes to their scope? Well, once they've kind of determined their niche area, then I feel like it's still really important to remember that as coaches, we are, our expertise is still really in motivating and helping clients to determine their, to improve their, their self-efficacy and self-reflection and all of those pieces to really feel confident within themselves. So as an entrepreneur, I, I, I think it's really important to, like you said, really know your state laws uh, of, of all the states in which you might work with that client when you're doing a discovery session, really finding out that information from your client, checking on things and letting the client know from the very beginning, you know, this is what's within my scope. I even try to give some examples of what's outside of my scope. And I know that that. you might already get to this question, but I know that many of us wear different hats, many different hats as we are working with our our clients. And it's really important and, and, especially in, in my opinion, to, to let that client know from the beginning what hat you're wearing during that session. So I'll use myself as an example. I have a master's in counseling, a master's in public health, and a doctorate in public health. Oh, wow. So when clients come to me, they automatically see that doctor and they're like, oh, well, you can do everything for me. Or they know that I'm yeah. a certified <laughs> counselor and they're like, I'm going to get my mental health therapy in here too. And so I let them know from the very beginning, this is the hat that I'm wearing. I'm here today to work with you as your health and wellness coach. So I, through Institute of of Transformational Nutrition, we teach a a three pillar approach with this, which is body, mind, and spirit. So we might talk about, you know, the psychological and emotional aspect of whatever you're, you're looking to try to change. 
but I'm not going to provide therapy. I'm not going to provide counseling. That's outside of my scope in this role that I'm sitting here with you. And I'm not going to diagnose. I'm not going to prescribe. And I'm not going to take your labs and tell you exactly what they mean. Now, once you find out those things and you want to come and share the report with me, then we can start to work together to, to figure out what you think would be best to really support that level of change that you're looking for. So if you're wearing several different hats, it is really important to make sure that you clarify that role with your client because it'll start to get kind of blurry. And the other thing that I would definitely suggest for yourself is to check yourself every so often. After every session, I really analyze, okay, was I teetering that line on scope because I I do have some expertise in this other area? And what could I have done better? Because when you continue to self-reflect, it'll be easier for you to catch yourself in those moments during a session. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And you're correct. I I definitely wanted to touch on those ideas of wearing these different hats because so many coaches do. They have additional certifications. They love to learn. They want to bring everything they can to support clients. And so that, that brings up a really good point for coaches that do hold multiple certifications or licenses. If they're working with a client that they see could benefit from support with one of the other licenses that they hold their certifications, can they bring that in and can they support them in that role as well? Well, that gets a little slippery because <laughs> if, if you're working with that client um, as a health coach, but you also, let's say, are a nutritionist or a dietitian, if they're paying you in that role as a health coach, you want to try to stay in your lane. I also am really careful about uh, conflict of interest. And if Mm -hmm. I'm developing, let's say a meal plan for my client, because I'm also a nutritionist, is it best for me to be developing that meal plan? Or should I work with someone, another nutritionist to together with this client to develop the meal plan? You have to kind of make that decision because if you do have both of those credentials, but I always feel like you don't want to work in a silo and there's always going to be some benefits to having some outside perspective and you might be too close to the client to be able to be objective enough to develop everything for that client. I've seen health coaches that are personal trainers nutritionists and they have credentials in all these areas and health coaches. So they're developing the the exercise plan. They're developing the the meal plan and they're health coaching the client. Now for some that might work, but I always question, is there something that you might be missing or are you doing too much for the client? Because remember, we're coming in to really motivate them to be able to do some of these things for themselves. So, Mm -hmm. so Instead of doing that, uh, I've suggested, although you are a nutritionist and you can just give them a meal plan, why not work with them to have them develop their meal plan? Yes, you have that level of expertise and you can provide some guidance on these are the, num- these are the numbers in terms of what you should strive for in your, in your diet. What do you, how do you think you can best achieve these numbers? So you are really creating for that client, the ability to figure this out themselves. Because what we find is when we give our clients meal plans, and, and this is why in, in many instances, diets don't work. What happens when they can't find that or they don't feel like doing that? It's really yeah. more helpful 
for them to be able to figure that out in your absence. So that could be something that you could do instead of giving them everything if you have all those credentials. Yeah, absolutely. Yes to all of that. <laughs> and I love that you pulled in. It's it's slippery, right? That's the whole point while we're here. It's slippery scope. It happens so easily. And I think it's just because we want to help so much, right? Yes. And we have all of this knowledge in there. And we're like, oh, wait, I know what this is. And I know, I know what we should do or we could do here. Right. But we don't. We don't know what's right for that client. And that's absolutely. the whole basis of health coaching is they know what is right for them in that moment and, right. and in their life. And we're leaning in that. Love right. it. Right. <sighs> Which then brings up the complicated question of how do we clarify scope to clients when we're in that moment and we start to feel ourselves coming out of that scope? So <laughs> I think we can do it a lot of different ways. And whenever I'm health coaching and, and when I'm really working with coaches that are learning to be coaches, I, I really encourage them not to rely on these pre-developed questions or this script or really guiding in their mind, deciding even before the, the, the session starts, deciding how it's going to go. If you really are able to feel confident relaxing within your session and allowing the session to be more like a conversation, it will feel more natural for you to be able to say, well, you know, I really think you would benefit from seeing a practitioner that specializes in that. And once you're able to get that information, come back and, and let's talk about how you can really integrate that fully into your life and how you can feel comfortable with it. Because then it doesn't seem like, hey, I'm putting you off. Or if right. they know you have a credential in their area, oh, I just don't want to deal with that with you. But no, I really feel like it would be beneficial for you to work with somebody that specifically is working with you on that and then come back so I can support you in the role that we've already developed as you know the health coach and the client. That actually makes it feel more supportive, in my opinion, to the client. So in that conversation, it seems like, hey, you know, I think this would be really good, not just go off and find someone else that can help yeah. you with that. And it also closes the loop. It doesn't say go work with that pr practitioner and figure out how to integrate that. No, go figure out what your diagnosis is or, you know, any of those things, and then come back and we can work together to see how to best integrate that into your life. It just seems really supportive, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a common challenge is how do we do that without making the client feel like they are being pushed away somewhere else or like we're drawing this hard line in the sand and we're kind of cutting off our support for them. And you spoke a lot to that rapport piece. I mean, even the way that that you spoke to it, I mean, that is such an important piece of the conversation and letting them know that we're still here to support them through that. We right. may be looping in this third member of our team, but we're still here and absolutely. asking them you know, who might we need to support us through this? Or what does that support look like? You know, right. asking these questions, but letting them know we're still there is is good too. Right. Um, I've found in the past, you know, it's easy for them again to feel like, oh, okay, well, you, you can't help me with that. So now I have to go find somebody else. And it's like, no, 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 I'm still here. <laughs> I'm absolutely still here. And the other point that I will really highlight, most of my expertise is actually, you know, in cultural humility as it really, as it, fits with working with everybody. So there's not a, a one way to do anything. So 
you know, building off what you just shared, it's that rapport that you have already worked to build with your client. So you will probably know how to best have that conversation. So every, some people actually are going to take it better very directly. And it can be something that you can say, you know, that's not why, you know, what my, my scope is here with you or what my, why I'm here with you today. So, you know, we already talked about you going in and um, asking your doctor, your practitioner, your doctor, your healthcare professional about that. I know, you know, that. So when are you, when is that appointment and when are you coming back so that we can really talk through that? So really, really doing what you can at the beginning to build that rapport and to build that relationship and then meeting that client where they are and communicating with them based on who they are that you're going to go a long way with that and the the client is still really going to feel supported and really feel like they have a relationship with you and be thankful that you're you're honest with them and that you're sharing the reasons that it is beneficial to them to bring in you know another party yeah absolutely now On the flip side of that, let's say that a client comes in and you haven't had a chance to build that rapport yet. And just right off the bat, they come out with something that is way outside of scope. And you, like I said, haven't built that rapport yet. What do you do then? Well, that's when, I mean, I think that's perfect for you to really share that conversation um, and, and let them know the scope right then. Some health health coaches actually have paperwork from the very beginning that explains the scope and for the client to sign. Now, as we all know, many times when we get a whole lot of paperwork at the beginning, we don't read everything. (laughs) So that's why in, in that first session, that discovery session or whatever you choose to call it as a health coach, have that as a highlight point where, where you share. Now, I promise you, it still is going to come up because you know how it is when you go to a session for the first time, or you go even to a practitioner for the first time, there's so many things going on that you're still not sure. And health coaching is still really, really new. So there still may be questions or there still may be times where they try to push you outside the scope a little bit. And, And that's why it's really, if you've had that conversation in that first session, you can let that be a reminder. You remember in that first session when I shared with you what my scope is? That's kind of without my, I'm sorry, not kind of, that's outside my scope. (laughs) And I I really don't think that we should focus in that area in that way. I'm not going to be able to diagnose you, but this is what I can do. Again, strengths-based, showing I'm I'm focused on you as the client, client client-centered, and your strengths and my strengths and ability to really support you. I also really encourage new coaches to look at that MBHWC scope of practice definition mm-hmm. that's that's free to everyone, even if you haven't taken your board certification yet, yeah. and develop your own statement based on that. So you feel comfortable saying it. It's in your words, and it really highlights you also really can give some of those examples, especially if you wear many different hats and have many different credentials. Share, this is what I can do within, within my scope as your health and wellness coach. Although I, I wear this other hat or I have this other credential within our health and wellness coaching, those aren't things that, that I can support you with in that capacity. But again, this is what I can do. Always highlighting how you can support them. I love that. Communicate, communicate, communicate some more. Yes. Keep it empathetic. 
and communicate some more. Absolutely. <laughs> focus Absolutely. on what you can do. I yes. love that. Yes. Well, I'd love to dive into this even just a little bit more and get super specific because I think some of those concrete examples can really help. I know it helps me understand and can help others understand too. So if we look at some different niches and talk about okay. what would be maybe in scope and some examples of things that would be outside of scope. Um, so maybe let's start with one we've kind of already talked about, diet and lifestyle changes. So what would be in scope there and what would be outside of scope? So in, in scope would be really working with the client to help them highlight what their strengths are, where some of their challenges may be as it relates to their diet and, and their lifestyle. And out of scope would be writing, fully writing the meal plan for them, giving them a, a, um, a diet, fully writing any other kind of lifestyle plan for them. But what is kind of in the middle, to, but still within scope is to work with them to write it, to really sit with them and say, you know, what foods do you like? What maybe, maybe, maybe they're already coming with something from their healthcare uh, practitioner or a nutritionist or something that really highlights what they should be, be getting in their diet specific to what their needs are. If not, there are, you know, CDC resources that you can um, access that they can access and really sitting with them as they look at those resources and saying, now, what from, from these categories could you add to your, to your diet? What does the diet plan look like for you? And also asking them, and what are some alternatives? Now, you might not be able to highlight everything right there, capture everything right there, but that whole process is teaching them how to do it when they're, you know, without you or without a nutritionist. Now, when someone has really specific dietary needs or, um, or they're coming to you because they've been, you know, with their healthcare professional that has said, you need an XYZ type of diet, that's when you want to make sure that they're getting those specifics from their healthcare practitioner. Mm -hmm. And then they probably will come back with something. Well, this is what my practitioner gave me and said I could work with my health coach on. Then you have that basis, you have that guidelines, but you are still working within your scope as a, as a health coach. Yeah, absolutely. It's always nice when they do have those frameworks yes. for um, they have an idea of what, and we can lean on those resources. CDC is a wonderful that one that you mentioned. We've got my plate. We can look my at plate, lots yes. of wonderful things out there. We can pull in and leverage. Yes. Love it. In that same vein, our idea, what about, um, can health coaches recommend vitamins or can they recommend a whole food diet? I love that question. So many of our health coaches also work with a supplement company and they are recommending supplements. Now there's going to be a difference between a recommendation and pushing something on someone. So let's say someone comes to you and they're not sure why they're feeling this way. So you do some kind of decoder. You can figure out probably what it is. It is still really important for the, them to go get some labs, them to go have those labs interpreted. And then when you can see where they may have some of those deficiencies, then you might be able to share what could help them. You're not saying take this, you're not saying do this, but you're sharing. These are some supplements that have been known to really support in these areas where you might have some deficiencies. Then they are still making that ultimate choice. 
And that, again, really, really important on helping them to create that change that they want to see instead of you giving them uh, what you feel like they should do. There's a there's a, a, a whole lot of reasons for that, but I'll highlight a, a few of them. Number one, we don't know their allergies. So when we're pushing supplements and, and we don't know their allergies, it is really important to share. These are some of the supplements that seem to really support some of those deficiencies. You really need to check with your healthcare provider to make sure these are okay for you to take. Um, you want to make sure you say that for sure if you're making any kind of recommendations. Uh, and the other piece of... Of, of that is is really that we don't we don't know if it fits with what they want for themselves some yeah. people are not okay with supplements or with certain kinds of supplements so pushing that for, to somebody that that maybe doesn't want to do any supplements maybe they want to try to figure out how to address these deficiencies just with diet or um, address yeah. these deficiencies in other ways we don't want to push something that they're they're not okay with on them. So those are just a few reasons that we want to make sure that we're not, I, I keep saying pushing those supplements, but just make, if we want to make those suggestions. The other thing that I would say, if you are going to make suggestions on supplements is you want to make sure that you are able to provide scholarly resources where the client yes. can go and read up on them. So it doesn't, it's not just your opinion. These are, these are what have, have been shown to address some of these areas where you have deficiencies, I'd love for you to go read up on it and, and so that you can make an informed decision for yourself. The Thing About Health Coaching is brought to you by Your Coach Health, the only operating system for behavior change powered by health coaches. We help a growing roster of industry partners stand up or augment their health coaching operations with the largest supply of validated health coaches and proprietary technology for seamless integration. We are the premier virtual home for health and wellness coaching. An ecosystem built to empower health coaches while expanding access to their services through our industry partnerships. To find out more, head over to yourcoach.health or yourcoachhealth on all the socials. Join us on the health coaching revolution as we strive to deliver the power of health coaching to the eight and a half billion global population by 2030. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think definitely if coaches are also going to be providing or selling those supplements, they definitely want to do their research. I would heavily Absolutely. lean on the NBHWC to look at their ethics policy. Absolutely. They've got a lot of literature around that. Um, and I would do a lot of research on that to see whether that fits in with something that you would potentially want to offer or not. Um, right. Definitely something to consider. And in most cases, you don't want to do it at the same time based on the code of ethics. You want those right. to be very separate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you for discussing that. I think sometimes when we get into those nitty gritties, we, we kind of go, oh, wait, but what about this or what about that? So I love that we could talk about it. Let's hop to a different niche and let's talk about mental health. So Ooh. what would be in scope? I right? This is a fun one. So yes. what would be in scope and what would be outside of scope? So that's a really good one because we have, especially now, we have a lot of mental health care professionals that are choosing to be coaches instead of or adjunct to whatever their license is. And I actually uh, teach for a university and I teach in their clinical mental health counseling program. Love and it. it's something that I always really highlight when you are 
coaching someone, you need to let them know you're not providing therapy, that it's very separate from the therapy. So I get the question from them all the time. And, and these, are, these are people that are training to be licensed therapists. Well, what's the difference? Uh, why can't I just provide therapy while I'm coaching? Because they are different. When you are focused on coaching someone, even if it is mental health coaching, you're focused on now and what they can really do to support themselves and, and their mental health now. As a therapist and even in counseling, you you really get it, get into a lot of past. You get into a lot of theory. And most therapists and or counselors, their 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 therapy is based on a theory. What I love about coaching is it's it's there are theories that support coaching. But you're really, it's it's really more application than it is mm-hmm. theory. You are meeting that client where they are right now. You're allowing them to really discover themselves and to talk about where they are now and what they can do to support the change that they're looking for. So with me wearing the hat as, uh, as also being a credentialed counselor, I, I actually tell my clients from the very beginning, my coaching might seem like there's a bit of a hybrid approach, approach because I, I, I will allow them, if, if the conversation leads that way, to talk about past and how past might have helped them lead them to where they are right now in terms of current as it relates to their health and wellness. But we're not going to psychoanalyze, you know, why those things happened or why they made those decisions. We're still going to talk about we're here now and what can what can you do to really support that change? So not again, not taking anything away from that past, but we all just have really specific support that we can provide for the client. And if a client is really um, getting into areas where I think that they need therapy or, or specific counseling, that's when I can share with them the same, similar to what we've shared in maybe some of those other areas. It, it really sounds like you could benefit from maybe some additional assistance. Do you think that it would be beneficial for you to have some therapy to work through that piece where you seem to feel like you're sharing with me that you feel stuck and why you cannot achieve the behavior changes that you're looking for right now? So again, it still puts the ball in their court. It's still not saying go get therapy. It's saying this is how you could benefit. Do you think that that would be beneficial to you? And going back to what we shared before, letting them know how you still can support them. So if they choose to go to that therapist or to that counselor and, and really work through that piece where they feel like they're stuck, how can you then continue to support them in the right now and in the implementation of whatever that therapist or that counselor is uh, sharing with them or discovering with them about their past. Love that. So totally throwing this out there and you can feel free to correct me on this, but would it be fair to say that therapy would fall in the realm of the why and health coaches would fall into the realm of what comes next? I love that. Absolutely love that. And I haven't haven't even heard it put that way before, but I I really, really like that. You might need to coin that. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. (laughs) Well, you summed it up so beautifully and that just came together when you were speaking. So I love that. Beautifully put. Uh, Okay. So let's, 
let's hop into another one that I think can be challenging because we're seeing a lot of health coaches uh, starting to practice in clinical settings. So they're mm -hmm. a non-clinical member of a clinical care team, right? Mm -hmm. And that can be tricky to navigate. Absolutely. So thinking, working with um, cancer patients um, or patients with cancer, I apologize. I, I said that incorrectly. I love um, Also, -centered. yes. I we, love that. Yes, we all make errors and we do the best that we can, right? And we correct yes. ourselves. Um, and then, you know, working, we see a lot of nurses turning to health coaching as well. So mm -hmm. all of these different roles, what would be within scope and what would be out of scope there? Great, great question. The one word that you said in that, that is going to help us to, to really stay in our lane is team. We have a team. So yes. we don't have to feel like we have to do everything. We, we can define our scope, which is it is to help um, motivate, to help uh, the client to figure out where they are and build their self-efficacy and really analyze themselves and, and create the change that they want to see. But we have a team that we can rely on. And in, in fact, I think when you're working in that clinical setting with a team, it is an easier suggestion, an easier handoff to say, well, you know, we have so-and-so and so on the team that will, can really support you with understanding your labs and really support you with developing a, a, a meal plan or a diet to really support where you, you might be having some deficiencies and, and having some challenges based on this uh, diagnosis that, that, that you have. So that to me is, is an easier way to, to really rely on your team. And when you are working within a team like that, it is really important. And in the clinical setting, it's, it's set up usually that you will have team meetings. You will have an opportunity to, to really talk about each one of those clients. So you have the opportunity to say, you know what, in the health coaching um, session today, they brought up this, this, and this. I did let them know that you would be the best person to support them on this. So, you know, maybe you can follow up with them the next time you meet them. Because when a client is meeting within a team like that too, sometimes they can get a little overwhelmed. Who does what? How, where do I yeah. get what? And so they'll come to the health coach with almost everything because that relationship is a little bit different than, than the clinical relationship can be. So that it presents itself where you can really support your colleagues and they can support you helping you stay within your scope. Yeah. Having a team set up is beautiful because the client's already familiar with everybody. You already have the rapport. Yes. Uh, to me, that's just a beautiful setup, yes. which I think brings up our next question of if you don't have those resources and you don't have those referrals yet, how do you generate those? Where do you go to get them and build that referral list? Great question. I think as a health health coach, we we really have a responsibility to network. We have a responsibility to honestly have other people in our in our networking uh, group, for lack of a better way to say it, that we can start to develop the relationships and and use as referrals. On the other hand. I think that it also is important to empower the client if you don't have them and say, you know, I, I really think that you could benefit from a mental health professional. Do you have some resources? And then that gives them an opportunity to say, well, I have this insurance. Okay, you have that insurance yeah. and how can you go about finding some, some recommendations and some resources that fit within your insurance? 
So it gives them a chance to develop a plan and learn how to figure those things out. And you can even say, if you want to talk through some of the recommendations or the, or the resources or referrals you get from your insurance company to, to figure out what you, what would best suit your needs personally, then that's something we can talk about. And, and I can help you talk through building a list. And when you're talking about certain types of practitioners, I will say certain types of specialists and, and, um, and physicians, certain types of mental health care professionals, especially, you want to make sure it's someone that really, really fits with you. And so the health coach can help the client to, to build a, a list of questions to really interview that other practitioner. So that's where the health coach can really feel included in that process and where the client can really feel supported. Back to the question where you said, well, how can you make sure they don't feel like you're just putting them off? Because yeah. you are helping them to develop those skills to, because they'll need those skills ongoing, you know, even after you're no longer in their life as their health coach. I love that. Pointing back to client self-efficacy over and over again and building those skills. Yes. Love it. Yes. Beautiful. Well, we've talked a whole lot about the scope of practice from a coaching perspective, but we're real big on the health coaching revolution around here at your coach. And I don't know if you've heard us talk about, uh, we believe that this is the year of the health coaching revolution. We're seeing so much of it in health coaching breaking into new spaces, which is so cool. Uh, and one thing that we're seeing is a lot of employers are starting to offer health coaching as a benefit mm -hmm. to their mm -hmm. employees, which is awesome and amazing because we know the power of health coaching. Yes. So for employers who are considering bringing health coaching on as a service for their employees, what would be something uh, that you would want them to know about scope or something they should consider before doing so? That's a great question. When, when those, uh, and it's usually the, the uh, health and wellness benefits department, wherever that falls under HR or what have you, yeah. that is really taking the time to analyze benefits and make decisions. When I'm talking to someone in that corporate wellness space, I always encourage them to really figure out what they want to be able to provide for their employees as, as a benefit. And to really figure that out, think about what you would want to have as a benefit and, and making sure it's, it's really well-rounded. And when they can come up with, well, we want to make sure we have this and we want to make sure we have this, how do you feel like the health coach would fit within this structure? Because many times they haven't had one before and they're trying to figure out how to fold this in and, and offer this as a benefit. For some, they're very niche down and they say, we what we're really finding out is that a lot of our clients for example, are obese because they're working remotely, they're not getting exercise, they're not eating right, and we just want health coaches to focus on weight-related concerns. So that's really different than having a, you know, a general health coach or having a health coach that's maybe niched in another area. When they can figure out what they want, then you can still really explain this is this is the scope of a health coach and and so that they really are empowered with making sure those are the the resources and those are the services that they want to make sure that they provide as a benefit there's also a lot of data that's out there is so much more research like yeah. you said is being done right now in health coaching on how to really support your employees by helping them to build their self efficacy mm -hmm. and really helping them to make these healthy choices 
not just in one niche area. So that having that opportunity to share that also with the corporate wellness team will help them to really make a decision on what type of health coaches or, you know, who to offer the contracts to or what have you. But again, highlighting that scope, these, the, the health co- wellness coaches are not diagnosing, they're, you know, they're not reading labs, they're really there to support and to, to help provide that resource to your employee employees. And this is the data on how that can really yeah. help and build retention, help and, 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 um, make your, your employees feel really valued as employees and all of these things to really help you as a business look as a a very strong employer that supports your employees. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many benefits to it, both for the individual and for the company as well. And we see that, you know, here at your coach, we do, we work with employers and with all kinds of industry partners on that side, helping them develop those providing them with our verified coaches that are platform um, opportunities through that mechanism. And so we see a lot of that. And it's really neat to see all of the many benefits that come out of it and the data. Fascinating and really cool. And I love that you speak to that too. So last question, because I know we're nearing the end of our time here together. It's gone so fast. I know it's been fun though. I'm so thankful for this opportunity. (laughs) Oh, it's been great. I'm I'm for all of your insights. It's been wonderful. So last one, why is it important to stay within the scope of practice, both as a coach and as a company? So going back to some of the things I shared before, uh, so we do the the first one to me is all always so that we we do not do our client any undue harm. We want to make sure that we're supporting them uh, the the best that we can within our scope. When we start to go outside of our scope, then we can give misinformation, we can miss pieces, all of those things. And if we do one of those things, then there can be potential legal implications to us. And the last thing we we want to do is is deal with something like that. We our employer doesn't want to to deal with something like that. Although we we should have some liability insurance. Who wants to who wants to go through that? That could really shut down your whole yeah. practice. <laughs> so those are going to be, in my opinion, the the two main reasons we want to make sure we stay within within our scope to make sure we're not doing our client any harm. We don't have um, any potential legal implications that are going to uh, come against us. And again, that we're just supporting the client where we have the expertise. Yeah, absolutely. Two very, very important points. And if I may, I would even add a third in there. And that's just to keep the integrity of the certification and the licensure, right? And we're upholding that as a team together. Yes, we're new and we want to keep growing. We don't don't want to hinder that in any way. So I'm so glad you brought that up, Ashley. Oh, yes. Well, this has been absolutely lovely. And I know we've covered so much, but is there anything additional that we can cover that maybe you feel like is for coaches to know here? I think that we've, we've hit most of it, but I do think, like you said, this is a topic that we want to keep having conversations about. And I, I encourage all coaches to have their, their own supervision and, or their own coach that's really specific to their business so that they can bounce some of these scenarios and ideas off of them because we think that we know everything. And then this experience happens and we're like, oh, 
but is that within my scope? And I've not <laughs> seen that very specific example. So having that conversation can be really helpful. Also having someone that you can talk to to discuss the potential legal implications is also really important. With some liability yes. insurances, they offer resources where you can talk to a legal professional to, to really discuss it. And I would say when in doubt, let them know you think that might be outside of scope, you will check and you will get back to them yep. so that you, you, you can recognize, I'm saying, I'm not sure, I'm still going to support you. And then if you find out, hey, that is, you, you can still do that, but do that in this way. You can come back and say, great news. I found out, you know, I can support you in that. Let's talk through it. Or great news. I found out that's outside of my scope, but these are some resources and other ways that I can support you with yeah. these resources. Yeah. And I love that you spoke to the power of in being able to say, I don't know, because it is absolutely okay to say that and take that pause to figure out, because I think sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to say that. So I'm glad you brought that up. Right. And, and just like you said, yeah. we want to help, 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 help. So we just yes. want to make sure that we're helping within our scope. Yeah. Well, Dr. Ricky, thank you so much for your time and all of those insights today. As scuba practice, it's so important. And we covered so many things and there were just lots of wonderful little nuggets in here that we can take away from us. And I just I thank you so, so much. It was enlightening for me. And I know it was so helpful to the coaches that are here today. And for all of our coaches that are on the Your Coach platform, there is a wonderful scope of practice document you can reference that's right within the coaches resource folder in the library, right within the platform. There's also access to information on liability insurance. We covered some information about that. So we'd love to have these resources available for you to make it super easy to make sure that you have all the tools you need for your practice right there on the platform. And of course, if you aren't on the platform yet, we would love to have you join us and have access to all of these wonderful tools for your health coaching practice. Again, thank you everyone for joining us and please enjoy the rest of the symposium. Thanks again. Thanks.